rich traditions, real applications. This is Discover the Truth with Garrett Metal Detectors. Welcome to Discover the Truth, a Garrett Metal Detectors podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Today we're sitting down with Carlotta Brandenburg. She is a detectorist from Arizona. And uh, we're just going to have a discussion about some of the, the finds that she's had, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, a little bit about her venture into metal detecting. So, Carlotta, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting. Good. So tell me about how you got into metal detecting in the first place, and then how you came to work with Garrett. Oh, let's see. I started metal detecting. I lived in California. Let's see. I was in, oh gosh, it's been almost 20 years ago um, and it actually started with gold prospecting and uh, so I there are people in my area little gold clubs and they get together and they would teach you how to gold pan and do a little dredging and and metal detecting and stuff and so I just thought well I looks like fun I want who doesn't want to find gold right so it was mostly just focused on and gold prospecting in, at that time in that area um, and it was a lot of fun, actually. I didn't find much to start off. It was yeah. more, it was just more getting out there and, and trying. Um, but it's nice to be in the outdoors. So right. I, I kept trying. <laughs> well, with that gold prospecting, uh, was a metal detector kind of a, a part of the entire toolkit? Or was that something that was kind of optional that some people would use and some people wouldn't? Uh, yeah, metal detectors were, were pretty optional in that group with uh, with the gold prospectors. Mostly in that area, they were uh, dredging, gold panning, um, classifying, and, and running it through a recirculator. Uh, but that was more of what that little group did. And um, there weren't that many people that used metal detectors. There was one gentleman, and he had a little day where... He had everybody meet at the convention center on their grass lawn where they always have little festivals and stuff. And um, people brought their metal detectors and he went out there and everybody's finding, you know, little pennies here, a coin there. And he pops up a diamond ring and about six inches down and that was it. It's like, wow. oh, I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I got to ask, have you found that magic diamond ring that came so easily to that guy? <laughs> I. I have not found a diamond ring. I know. I have, I have found gold rings. Um, oh, wow. Diamonds, yeah. But uh, gold and silver, of course. Um, and uh, But nothing with it, that giant diamond just glimmering. But That's you know, incredible, I'm sure, though. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's, you know, it, it seems uh, kind of fortuitous that, uh, that that came to him so easily. But, you know, as, as you know, you know, people that are in the hobby or in the industry, uh, you know, you have to have a little bit of patience when it comes to uh, detecting. So I guess, tell me a little bit about uh, how you kind of found that patience in learning to use your equipment better and finding uh, great areas and, and kind of how that progressed. Well, patience sometimes is not always my virtue. <laughs> I, I, I get frustrated at times especially when you're with a group of people and everybody's popping stuff out of the ground and, and you feel like, oh, I, I can't find anything. You know, you might yes. get a little frustrated. But I think a lot of the times I just like being out there Yeah. because there's, there's more than just, there's different kinds of treasure. I have no problem running around catching lizards. 
So <laughs> I might see a lizard and go taking off down, you know, the trail and the, the birds and the, just being outside. It's the different terrain. It's, I find it all kind of fascinating. So it's all, it's all an adventure. So even though I might not find the best treasure of the day, I'm still out there having a good time. And I think for me, that's, that's what it's all about is just getting out there. Right, right. Well, and, and that's, uh, that's certainly, that's great advice because sometimes you can get focused on um, what exactly you're looking for. And that's true. That's a very human emotion to get kind of frustrated when everybody's finding stuff and you're not. But it's important to remember kind of why you're doing it. Are you doing this for a living, for a profit? Or are you doing it kind of for the fun of it to be able to, to get out and, and explore? And it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, what's in the ground? It could be above and and what's around you. So so you sounds like you have a lot of fun uh, doing your uh, your various I guess expeditions. We'll call them. Uh, tell me a little bit about your your kind of your latest um, your latest one. Oh well, I I do all kinds of things, not just gold prospecting. I'll go old. I like old dumps and dump digging and. Uh, also metal detecting. I mean, scuba diving. I kind of do, I get my little fingers into just about anything that looks yeah. like fun. Um, the latest thing we did, well, technically was just digging in the dump a few weeks ago. Um, I found a badge from the late 18, early 1900s from a um, a watchman's badge from wow. one of the mining companies in Jerome. So I thought that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, so dump digging, uh, how, I guess, how does that work? Well, I mean, through, through the ages, Roman to current, people have garbage. Unfortunately, people make garbage, whether it's broken glass, dishes, um, food leftovers, whatever. People would toss things out. And there was generally an area in the townships where they would toss their trash, where hopefully it didn't stink up the whole neighborhood, depending on what was out there. And they would burn it in more modern times and such. But in some of these old dumps, it's like it's like being an archaeologist. You're going through these layers, and some of it's just these broken bits, but you see these colors of, of glass coming out that kind of help you date the area by some of the colors and the patterns and things. And even current dumps, which you know we don't go into, you can find all kinds of things that are accidentally thrown away. Um, one of the guys that I was with when we were out there found, um, you know, a, a half dollar, you know, a walking liberty. So he was, it was his first, he's new. So it was his yeah. first one. It was very exciting. Um, buttons and marbles and, and all these little layers of someone's life that was tossed out because maybe it didn't mean anything anymore. Grandma's junk drawer was thrown out. So I found old brooches. Um, and it's just, you know, they're not necessarily worth anything. Some of them are a bit abused and scuffed. They've been buried or bulldozed or burnt, but it's just kind of the adventure of it. Just the little bits of treasure that could be hiding in there. And there was, um, a young lady that had come through the dump and she didn't even have any digging tools. She just had a little bucket looking for marbles and she was moving the dirt around with her hand. And sure enough, she found a diamond ring. <laughs> Another about, diamond ring. Right. It's like, oh, but uh, it's, you just never know. And it's, again, it's, it's all part of that, that adventure and, and what could be hidden 
in the dirt. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine the the, the fines that you could have after, you know, maybe a a hasty estate sale or or like you said, you know, uh, the... Maybe the the ancestors or the the I, I guess descendants I should say maybe they dump out that that junk door that grandma had for all those years and there is there is valuable and valuable I, I say in quotes because it's it's interesting it's you know maybe it's unique it's you know it's not something that um, you know is going to make you a lot of money but it's it's an interesting find because it was somebody's and it, it meant something to them. And I think that's, that kind of, it sounds like that's what the value for, for you is, is finding something that's just unique. And basically you're finding something from nothing. Right. And, and history. And it makes you stop and think, you know, this, like I, I found a brooch. Um, oh, I don't know, maybe two months back. And it was a centipede, a big centipede brooch. Wow. Yeah. So of course I bring it home and I clean it up and, and, uh, it doesn't have any, it's enamel or anything left on it, but I go and hit the internet and Google it and find out information about it. And I was just thrilled. It's just a little brooch from the, the late forties, early fifties. It was a big bug and they were real popular then. And I can imagine this wonderful lady with her big Yes. Fancy coat on and this big bug brooch. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that's exciting. <laughs> and the fact that it's a centipede, I mean, yeah, you're right. In that era, you would have seen a lot of ladybugs and butterflies and and uh, kind of those those dainty ones, uh, maybe a, a, a spider for a more adventurous uh, <laughs> woman. But uh, a centipede is, is certainly a, a neat find and something. Um, so tell me about your very first discovery then. Oh, I guess my first discoveries would have been gold um, out prospecting. And I, I started this adventure, of course, in California. And then I had big life changes, which seems to happen to all of us from time to time. And I moved from California to Texas, went back to college, got reeducated, moved back to Arizona and bought a house. And I thought, well, it's time to dig out the metal detector and and I joined a gold prospecting group, um, the uh, GPAA, the Gold Prospecting Association of America, and they have little clubs that meet and do things monthly. And uh, as a female and single, I thought that would be the safest option because it's not always safe by yourself in the desert. Um, So I joined the little group and we would go out on these little events and we'd find gold and stuff. And um, a couple of the people I would meet up with on other weekends and we'd go out just up out in the desert and you go up these little washes and you're looking, it's almost like you have, a, have that little geology degree. You're looking at the, the soil and the, the little schisty quartz that's crumbling and these little shallow dry washes. I mean, they're not dry year round depending on the monsoon season. And you just you walk up these with your snake guards on, of course, and you just swing in a detector. You're just listening for sounds and, and watching what's around you. And that's when you just start scooping it away and you find these little bits. And you're the very first human to lay eyes on that little piece of gold. Mm. And it's I have found seven nuggets just up out of the washes here in Arizona out of Wickenburg. And it's it's a it's the thrill. It's like, oh, you're the first person to see this little precious metal. Exactly. That, and it's amazing. It's it's 
just a mineral. You can't eat it. It doesn't keep you warm, you know, and yet people wage wars over the centuries for this little bit of shiny metal. And I just, it's just got like a whole little story of how it got there on the ground and got, you know, rolled down the stream and here I am finding it. So off down the rabbit hole I go. <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic because you're right. I mean, that's that's exciting to be, I, I like how you put that, that. I mean, you're you're the first human to kind of lay eyes on this piece of precious mineral uh, that has, you know, basically been produced out of the ground. That's, that's very exciting. And I think um, that's got to be, uh, it sounds like one of your favorite finds, some of the, the gold nuggets that you found. What are some of the other things that you found? Oh, I, I, I have a thing for cemeteries. I like old cemeteries and forgotten ones like off the beaten path because when you, I heard a saying once that said, as long as someone reads your tombstone, you will never be forgotten. And sometimes when metal detecting, dump digging, treasure hunting, even if you're going to thrift stores, garage sales, estate sales, whatever kind of treasure hunting that gets you going, when you come across, I came across um, in Arizona here, metal detecting, a U.S. Indian Services military button. Mm-hmm. And they're not a real common button. Yeah. And I had a, a friend whose husband was a, um, is a Navajo. He, he has since passed, unfortunately. But he would tell me stories when he was a child being housed in some of these facilities where they would take the children um, from the reservations and they'd put them in these, quote, schools and um, take away their culture. And, and it was like a very military-type atmosphere and how scary it was for him as a kid. But finding this button, there's a whole story with it what was happening in that time, how did they lose that button? It, it makes you, for me, it makes me think there's a whole, it's a whole nother world that happened around a simple button. Um, so to me, that was a meaningful find because I had connections currently with a friend and the Navajo nation and uh, just, the sadness that could be involved or in the little bits of history. And it's amazing that it was, it was right there in Phoenix in this big city that didn't used to be a big city. I, so I, it, it makes me think even where I've been on mili- on uh, civil war battlefields, like in Mississippi, I was in, um, at, uh, Oh goodness. What was the name of that champion Hill and finding the little Eagle buttons from uniforms and man, these, we think of these, these guys out there having this hor- horrifying war and they were just kids. I mean, really, they were like 17, 18 years old. And were they afraid? What were they going through? Did they live? What happened to the person whose button, this button was on their clothing? What happened to that person? So in that quiet moment out in the woods or in the desert, finding that little item, it's not just, oh, I found something. It's. I it's got a little deeper feeling exactly and, to yes. it to me, so I get a little emotional about it. Yeah, no, I mean that's well, and when you say uh, looking in in cemeteries, uh, I guess uh, 
give some of that context of what are the types of things that that you would be finding. And, and again, I mean, you're, you've got uh, a great way to describe kind of the story behind everything. And so I would imagine the the things that you'll find in a cemetery these are uh, these are widows widowers uh, visiting their their loved ones graves. Uh, uh-huh. it, well, I I don't metal detect in cemeteries. Oh, okay. So I I don't detect and and search the ground in cemeteries. I go there just to see the tombstones. Yes. Because I've been on the off the beaten path, like in Texas, for example. I was just wandering around back roads with my mom one time. And came across a little old, broken down, weeds grown over cemetery. And I just like to look at the tombstones yes. and, and the histories, yeah. the histories that are on them. And they were just a little more detailed, a little different than it is today, where people used to spend time in there, at visit. Um, they even had parties or or picnics, and but it kind of connects you with the history of the forgotten places. So I, I like to just read them and who was there. Yeah. And you're in, yeah, now that I think about it, there's probably not, you're probably not allowed to, to metal detect in, in graveyards now that I, now that I think about it, but uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're right in that there is um, a story to everything that you find. And so I like that. Uh, I like that you have that, that, that sentimentality about it. Cause I, I absolutely agree. It's the same uh, whether you're hunting in, like you said, in a thrift store or a estate sale or or anything, really, you're looking at something that was attached to a person and something that they had the uh, the wherewithal to keep all of these years, and whether they lost it and that was something that that you know they were attached to, or it was something that you know is left behind uh, and, and ends up in a number of places. Right. Uh, that's that's. Yeah, I love how uh, how you are very connected to that. As we uh, as we start to wrap up, um, I wonder what's kind of on the horizon for you. I mean, uh, I know that there's lots of informal kind of meetups, but are there any conferences or or um, events or or just you know for your local clubs there in Arizona uh, meetups that you're planning on attending that uh, might be of interest to uh, our our listeners. Well, the SHOT Show is coming up in Vegas. It's just this next week. So uh, myself and, of course, my husband, Tim, everybody knows this, Ringmaster Tim and George and stuff. Well, I'll be there with the Garrett crew. Um, and then he goes off on lots of little adventures, and I'll sneak off and do things. And then the next big thing is the Garrett Hunt, the Garrett Memorial Hunt in um, March. But I'm not sure if I'm going to make that one, but I'm definitely planning another trip to Australia. Oh, where okay. I've just, I've been there once before, fell in love with the country and the metal detecting and all the silver coins coming out of the ground. And, and uh, I found a gold tooth Oh in wow! Aus- in Australia. It was pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Again, imagine the person that that tooth was attached to. <laughs> well, fantastic stuff. Well, uh, one quick thing. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, so, I mean, of course, your husband, as a host of National Geographic show and, and, and sure. you know, he's well known in the, uh-huh. in the industry. Uh, do you guys typically hunt separately or together? Uh, we do both. It kind of depends if he's in town or not. I'll yeah. take off and go without him. Um, if I'm too busy with work, because unfortunately I do have to work, <laughs> um, then he might take off without me. 
vice versa. Um, but a lot of times we go together. It's it's a it makes it more fun to have someone to share it with. It really does because then you go, oh look what I find, and it's so exciting. Even right. when you come home, it's like, oh honey, look what I found. I got all this stuff, and then he gets jealous, and then he wants <laughs> to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Carlotta, I really appreciate your time and sure. uh, and sharing all of your tales with us. So thanks Thank so much you. for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. And that does it for this episode of Discover the Truth, a Garrett Metal Detectors podcast. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk.